Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Fit Finance Sessions with uh, myself, Tim Webb, and my colleagues, Henry and Tom. Um, just briefly following on from what we were chatting about last week with regards to um, Bitcoin, um, there's been a bit of a shift over the weekend. Uh, well, rather than me blabbing on, does one of you guys want to take take the reins and, and tell everybody what, what I'm talking about? Yeah, happily, happily. It's, it's bad I must confess that, that I, I have disclosure. I have an interest in the Bitcoin market at the moment with a, with a very small holding. Um, so Bitcoin volatile, we spoke about this last week. It goes up and down like a yo-yo. Um, over the weekend, it went up to $42,000 a coin. Um, and when I woke up this morning, it had plummeted by about 15% down to about 32. And I think it's now gone up a little bit back to $35,000 a coin. I think the, the the thing to say is just just as we just discussed last week, it's it's another asset class, and there's no harm in holding some Bitcoin to diversify your portfolio. But it is a very very volatile market that is not regulated by the FCA and all that sort of stuff. So expect if you're invested, expect a volatile ride. Hopefully there'll be some decent profit out of it in the longer term, but in the shorter term, um, hold on to the seat of your pants. Um, the other thing, actually, talked to Tim that, that, that we were discussing about before we came on this call was the it was that how it seems to be very closely linked to the gold price. I'm not sure if we touched on that last week, um, but it does because I think gold has fallen off a little bit this morning as well, and it does it does seem to be that they're creating quite a close um, correlation between these two asset classes and some of the other precious metals as well. Um, and I guess it'll be interesting over time to see if that see if that remains or whether or not actually um, Bitcoin breaks free of it. Um, if, we're, if we're heading towards a slightly more certain future, you would expect the price of gold possibly to, to fall away a little bit. It tends to be as you, it tends to be a place of security. So in uncertain times, people flock to gold. Um, but if, if some of the reports reckon Bitcoin could go towards 50 or $60,000 a coin, it'd be interesting to see if they make that disconnect at some point. Don't know the answer. I think some of the I think that some of the issues or some of the reasons why people are looking for these other safe haven assets are um, is because bonds are so. If you look at what real term returns you're going to get from bonds in in the the short, medium, long term, they're not going to be particularly great, and you're probably looking at negative returns. and And you've probably seen in the last year that there's been more correlation between bonds and equities where they they both fall. So I think people are definitely looking for safety outside of equities, looking to diversify. And I think that's that's bringing sort of these asset classes to the fore. And I think um, uh, there was also an article about infrastructure and the Nest pension scheme moving um, from sort of, I think think they have about 8% in private assets or infrastructure assets. Um, and looking to increase that to maybe 15%. And because Nest is a, a government-funded uh, scheme, um, then there's pressure on them to kind of back government spending projects. So, um, yeah, I think there, there's definitely other asset classes to, to to kind of look at as part of a diversified portfolio, at least. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It, I mean, it's, it seems to be establishing itself going back to Bitcoin as sort of a, a digital safe haven asset in the same way that obviously gold is the, is the most familiar safe haven asset isn't it but as Henry says who, who knows and nobody knows whether or not that's going to be the case but nevertheless institutions have been buying up a lot you know a lot of it which 
if the professional money is doing it, then you know that there's definitely some some weight behind those those sorts of moves. Um, okay, so moving on, obviously new calendar year. Of course, we are approaching the end of the the um, tax year, aren't we? Being the um, beginning of April. So, what sort of things should people out there be thinking about with regards to uh, prep, you know, preparing for the end of the tax year, um, particularly allowance allowance wise? Yeah. I think. Um... I think I'll speak for all three of us that if you're thinking about doing pension contributions, please speak to us now. Don't contact us on the last day of the tax year trying to get things through. Um, it just it will help with our sanity. So if you are thinking about using your allowances or you've you've had a really good year at the office um, despite the pandemic, then speak to us now about doing pension contributions and getting everything uh, uh, uh aligned ahead of time rather than uh, we're grey enough as it is working in finance and and trying to hold on to our hair and the colour of it uh, certainly uh, is a priority. Speak yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to us sooner rather than later, please. I quite agree. It's probably worthwhile just running through the analysis just to um, just so everyone remembers because of course um, pension rules change early in this year which and pension pension allowances tend to change quite frequently um, given the fairly generous tax benefit that you get from them. Um, but as it stands, for most individuals, you can make a £40,000 gross contribution towards your, towards your pension. Um, and, and, to, and to do so, what you, if you're making it from your net income, you'd contribute, I'm always going to get this wrong, is it 32000 then it gets grossed up to forty. It is. So yeah. you'd probably £32,000, that gets grossed up to forty. And if you're a higher rate taxpayer, then you'd also you'd collect eight to £10,000 back on your on your tax tax return as well. Um, as I say, you've got your £40,000 a year. If, if, you, if you haven't used your pension allowances from the previous three years, there's a possibility of carrying that forward to maximise the contribution that you make in a, in a given tax year. And the other thing to say is that the, there's a taper um, which starts to reduce the, the contributions that you can make for higher earners. So if you earn over £210,000 in, in salary and pension contribution, then, then it's worth getting in touch and we'll work out exactly what you can contribute this year because your allowances will start to be tapered over, over that sum. Okay, smashing. So, so pension allowances, what, what other things should, should people be thinking about? I think there's there's always the the ISA allowances as well, and lots of our clients will be selling assets out of their unwrapped investments, and therefore, particularly uh, with markets, some some funds have been winners, some funds have been losers, just triggering any capital gains or any capital losses, and and uh, are making use of the the exemptions there as well. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So just to put some numbers on it, twenty thousand pounds. Per person per year can be can be placed into an ISA, whether a cash or an investment one. And on the on the capital gains, everyone every individual's got a twelve thousand three hundred pound capital gains tax allowance this year. Um, so if you've made some profits, and certainly some people have made profits, as Tom says, in the second half of this year, it might be worthwhile taking some of those profits using your CGT allowance and then um, and then reinvesting into into similar similar style funds. And, and, and we will help with, with, with clients who have unwrapped portfolios. We'll do our CGT harvesting bit a little bit closer to the tax year end. But if you've got some others, it might be worthwhile getting that all done and dusted now and then letting us know so, so we know to take that into account. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's worth mentioning both on those last two, ISA and uh, CGT allowances, of course, they're provided on a use it or lose it basis, aren't they? So if you don't use them, then you know, there's not the, allow the ability to be able to carry them forward. So it's definitely worth doing um, if you're able to. Fantastic. Right. Well, has anybody else got anything else to add? Or I think we've pretty ticked off uh, for this particular session. I think uh, we'll... I think that'll cover us for this week. Stay tuned for, for the, the next exciting episode. Yes, indeed. Outside chance, we might even have a mortgage advisor joining us next week, I believe. Yes, indeed. And of course, the MD himself, Mr. Charlie Redding. <laughs> indeed. Yeah, lovely. All right. Well, thanks very much for listening. And uh, yeah, as the guys say, stay tuned. Bye bye. <laughs>